it going? Welcome to the Bloody Stream Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm Jorge. And I didn't open any of the tabs that I normally open. <laughs> My browser isn't even open. We were talking about a lot of TTRPG stuff that we were very excited about, so... It's understandable, and we're a little rusty because it's been two weeks since we've done an episode. Happy February, everybody! It's our first episode of February. I just hit the IMDb front page, and it says "Happy Valentine's Day from Godzilla X Kong." Watch the new trailer. Yeah, like, yes. I posted. I posted the new poster on as a story on our Instagram because I was just like, "This is so hype!" It's got fucking Godzilla with the pink spikes. And fucking uh, King Kong with the golden arm he's got now, like <laughs> um, some cool I'm not, stuff. I'm not, I'm not even gonna watch him. I'm not even gonna watch the trailers. I'm just gonna go in blind like I always exactly. go. Exactly, that's what you should do. This is correct. Like a trailer can't do justice to Godzilla. Come on. No, it's gonna give something away that's annoying and be like, oh, cool, great. Now I've already seen that, so it's not as fun. Um, no. Anyways, did you? So we did take two weeks off. The first yes. one was on purpose. The second one, I Correct. was sick. That's not my, that's not our fault. Yes. You know, it was supposed to be one like it normally is. You're right. Sorry, now, Danny. We're not on hiatus. <laughs> How? First of all, I can't believe you sold me out. By the way, and I don't appreciate that. <laughs> what do you, you mean? Said, it was my fault. <laughs> can, no, but you said you can give. You told Danny that you can give me a hard time about not yeah. having an episode. <laughs> of course. Oh, you monster! Now we've had two weeks off. To watch plenty yes. of horror films, so I assume you have quite a long list of mentions for me. Uh, I have like four or five mentions. Yeah. Oh, that is okay. That is quite the list for you. Um, yes, I know. Normally, it's no, I didn't. I watched the movie we were supposed to watch and rolled out of bed to do this. Um, I watched uh, on Shutter. I watched Suitable Flesh, which is an adaptation of H.P. Lovecraft's The Thing at the Doorstep. It oh. was. Okay. It had Heather Graham and Barbara Crampton in it, which was very cool. Damn. It had Heather Graham doing a lot of simulated sex with like a 20 something, which was very interesting. Yeah, um, you, but like, you all should know who Heather Graham is, but Barbara Crampton is uh, Reanimator. Reanimator. The, the love interest from Reanimator. Yes. Um, it was okay. It was, I would say, like a low smiley face because it was B movie schlock. Like it yeah. wasn't trying to be, it was, it was just kind of boring sometimes. Um, but it for, tried to do some of the stuff it could. For anybody who doesn't know, Lovecraft adaptations are notoriously bad. Yeah, exactly. There's a uh, reanimator is the one. Yes. Which makes sense because it is one of his most popular and like financially successful stories during mm -hmm. his lifetime. And the one that he very much disliked because he wrote it specifically to cut a paycheck which is why it has like more action in it and is more entertaining it's, why it's more of a story instead it's why it's of better, just someone right. waxing poetic about how absolutely gone their mind is from the you know whatever um yeah. so reanimator fucking rips uh people yeah. like from beyond too uh yeah it's not as good it also is a little bit it's i feel like it's a little bit different from the story if i'm yeah, yeah, it's pretty correct. Different. Yeah, like it changes a bit. Um, but whatever. And then yeah. uh, beyond the or in the mouth of madness, I think there's a. It's a directed by John Carpenter. That it's one's like really cool. It's like not one. really a. It's, it's like not a even quasi close to the adaptation. Yeah, exactly. yeah, it just has a bunch of Lovecraft shit in it. Correct. It's a and, lot of references. Um, it's it's kind of fun. 
it's a little exactly. smiley face, but it's those are like literally the three best ones. So. <laughs> and they're all like, sure, this is fine. Yeah, well, um, reanimators yeah. go skull alien probably, but. Uh, so I did that. I watched When Evil Lurks, which was very cool, and I probably will want to talk about it at some point. Um, I did. There was another one that I. Oh, uh, we need to talk about Kevin, which Ooh. was very good, um, but is about a serious subject matter and is more artsy. So like, it's good. I would definitely recommend it, but like. It's intense and look it up before uh, dealing with it, just because it's like real, you know. Um, yeah, if you ever need, it's a reality-based uh, like, horror movie, and it it deals with tough subjects. So yeah, yeah if you ever need the, like the types of warnings that we give on films, what is it? What is the website? What does the dog die dot com? Yes, does the dog die dot com? Yeah, that's where you can look up if there's any warnings that you need. It's a lot more to sift yeah. through than our quick little <laughs> recap that we yeah we do what we can in, for that but, um and uh, then i watched one everything. and then i watched one that uh devin and i were talking about and devin i was like i'm not sure if this is a thriller or a horror and devin <laughs> like i said the movie and devin goes yes it's definitely a horror film is the talented mr ripley which is hmm. from the 90s i think late night mid to late 90s with matt damon and jude law and gwyneth paltrow superb movie utterly superb movie i don't really know that one ghost i would say a ghost skull alien pretty easily um i liked it a lot it's where is it streaming very good i don't know where that one is streaming off the top of my head if you ever don't know where a movie is streaming you can go to the bloody stream.com and look it up and that's not only horror films so if you're not sure it'll be on there anyways exactly shows though just movies no tv no we don't care about that which what is about like you? When, Do you have any mentions? When does a TV show become a movie? It's weird that we it never don't have does. we don't have any ambiguous example, right? Like, it's very clear when something's yeah. a TV show and when something's a movie. Because like, like we have miniseries, but yeah, even it that should be a TV is, show. Yes, it is. I would say it's a subcategory of TV show I rather than subcategory of a movie. The closest we have that I can think of off the top of my head is probably uh, Fear Street. Because it was three full-length movies that came yeah. out separately as movies, mm-hmm. but they all came out at the same time, pretty much, or like one month after the other, yes. and they're like very sequential and tied into each other. Like it could have just as easily totally. been released as a three-episode miniseries. People would have with... believed the exact same thing if you had just called yeah. it Fear Street, and it had been that they had been titled the years they were. It would have been mm-hmm. the same thing. Um, they are also working on a new Fear Street, by the way. Ooh. They're doing Prom Queen Season or Prom two. Night or whatever. Um, that's They're adapting one of the stories specifically. Oh, um, that's cool. So, yeah. I anyway. bet it won't be as good. Oh, yeah. As soon as, they find, as soon as they find out that they're good at something, they fuck it up every time. They love to shove it right down the toilet once it's good. Um, <laughs> I watched a, not that much. I watched a movie called, the, called Exam. Which you can find it on Tubi. Okay. Um, it was fine. Yep. Low smiley at best. <laughs> um, I, it's just like they're they're taking a, an exam to get like a high profile job, and you're just like it, it. Like the concept is interesting. Like they're in a there's like eight of them or something. They're in a yeah. room. They have a blank piece of paper on it, and the only rules are if you try to contact. If you try to communicate with the guard who's in the room or like the proctor, you'll be disqualified. Okay. <laughs> if you 
in any way destroy your piece of paper, you'll be disqualified. And you're allowed to do anything else. So it's like a puzzle. It's it's, it's basically okay. a better version of like an escape room horror <laughs> movie. It's more of a yeah, thriller. Yeah. Really. Um, but it just wasn't that, that good by the end of it. Uh, I also have been watching a TV show called From. Oh, I've it's seen the commercials for this, but I don't very know. Very cool. They okay. like it's like a town where you can be driving wherever in the U.S. Mm-hmm. and then you'll suddenly end up in this town out of nowhere. And no matter if you try to drive out of the town, you just loop back around to the beginning. It's like like a one road oh. town situation, and there's monsters that come out at night. Um, and they like, but they're like disguised as people. And so everybody's got these runes on by the front door and the inside of their house that stops them from being able to come in, but they just come and like knock on the window all night and like pretend they're like one of your oh. old loved ones or whatever. And like try to convince you to let them in. Oh. So everybody has to like nail their windows shut and like, uh, it's just, it's, it's not like it just starts out when that happens, you know, it's like they've, they're already established in this town. Mm-hmm. Like they have a whole community of people that are already dealing with this. That have been stuck there and are dealing stuck with there. Them. Yeah. Which is, so there's a lot, it's like a lot of like uncover the mystery of what's going on in this yeah. town. I think, I think Sounds they are cool. maybe just finishing up their second season, but it is actually not streaming anywhere that I know of. Oh, damn. That's nice. Don't ask me how I watched it. You watched it by uh, somehow. It's Oops. cool. I would give it a Mr. Cool for now. Hell yeah. Uh, and then I've just been watching Long Way Round and Long Way Down and eventually Long Way Up, which are three. What? <laughs> Long Way Round is a TV series, one season of, uh, it's not horror. It's just Ewan McGregor and his friend, Charlie Borman. Uh, and they just ride motorcycles oh, around God the world. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> Uh, long way around is from the UK through like Mongolia and Russia, uh, all the way Jeez. back around to Canada okay. and to New York. And long way down is them riding from like the top of England down to the bottom of Africa. Okay. And I think long way up is like South America, but it's just them being cute, privileged white men together riding yeah. their motorcycles <laughs> and not having to hang out with their wives for the most part. <laughs> Dude, uh, Ewan McGregor is currently married to Mary Elizabeth Winstead, so fuck him. Married for... to Mary Elizabeth Winstead? I believe, uh, let me double Damn. check, but yes. Uh... Those first two, he's got a wife that is just a not actress, <laughs> but I think she got mad yeah. that he kept riding around the world with his with his butt instead. Yeah, he, he got divorced in 2020 from his first wife and married Mary Elizabeth Winstead in 2022. He has five children. Wow. <laughs> He had at God least damn. two or three. Yeah, exactly. With uh, the first wife. Anyways, that's nice if you ride motorcycles. If not, yeah. I don't I don't Otherwise. know what you'll get out of it. <laughs> <laughs> if so you're a big Ewan McGregor fan, maybe you'll get some yeah, sick he's thrill. Funny. Yeah, he's nice. He makes some Star Wars jokes occasionally. Who would have guessed? <laughs> yeah. So... Today, though, we are talking mm-hmm. about one of, one of my mentions, one of the two horror films I actually watched, uh, The Belko <laughs> Experiments 2017. Hell yeah. Streaming on Tubi.tv. 
Tubi still coming through clutch. Just very yeah. Man, we're still until we make any amount of decision on it, we're gonna keep on doing Tubi and Shutter and any other free yeah. Service. Shutter's well, not yeah. free, but it's Shutter. Come on, but it's Shutter. Shutter's we we're stand. Listen, if Shutter wants to send us some dollary dues, we will we'll do a segment. Yeah, every, we'll, only we'll do we'll, we'll do all the Shutter movies. Say, yeah. We'll do whatever you want. Like you fucking. We'll, it doesn't even need to be much. <laughs> send us a. Well, fuck, 20, come on. Twenty dollars a month. We'll only do Shutter. <laughs> we'll read copy for you. Yeah, like we don't give a fuck. Yeah, easy. <laughs> Just because it would be cool to be sponsored by Shutter it would for be more so- than anything. Just- Right before before you hear the music, you hear us coming. You just Jorge going, "Hey, do you want some fabulous frights? <laughs> Would you want an affordable?" <laughs> are, are you too scared to leave your home? But yeah. <laughs> you want to be more scared? Shutter.com. <laughs> Anyways, what would you rate the Belco experience, uh, Brian? Um, I generally liked this. Um, I think it was very competently made and put together. Um, I think it was a little thin um, in a couple of departments that I wish had been thicker. I would probably give this a high smiley face. I would have no problem being convinced up to like a Mr. Cool or anything like that. But I'm, I'm saying a high smiley face for me. I think I'm probably sitting at a smiley face. Yeah. Part of it is that you can't help but stack it up against mayhem. It was right. so unfortunate, to be honest. Yeah. Like that's it's because I think this movie technically came out earlier. Like they're they're very close together uh release date wise. I think this came out first. So this is twenty I could be wrong. Seventeen. Isn't Mayhem and also twenty seventeen? It is twenty seventeen. Yeah. They're yeah. like they're So that's that's just a coincidence. You exactly. Can't... <laughs> yeah. But Mayhem has Steven Yun and Samara Weaving. Yes. And Belk Experiments Scott does have uh what if you I mean it, it's a surprising number of people, but like the person that I was gonna specifically call out if I can find his name. Here we somewhere. go. Oh my god, it's all the way hidden in here. Can I remember it? Can I ever John C. McGinley. There it is. Yeah. It's got John C. McGinley, it's got Michael Rooker, it's got um Yeah, Michael Rooker. Who... People, yeah. Most people probably know is Yondu now from Correct. Guardians of the Galaxy, but I know as the brother from Walking Dead. <laughs> what is his? A uh, Merle. Merle. Merle Dixon. Merle Dixon, and as a uh, Henry Portrait of Serial Killer. Yes. Which is what I should actually know him from, but I did. I did whatever at first. I'll be. It's I'll, I'll own up to that. You know. The fact that you're. The fact that it's in the mentions like in his CV that you put out means you're okay. It yeah, doesn't I have mean, to be first. You just have to be so, on there. He was so good in that that I feel yeah. like that's really what solidified his movie career forever, even though Dude, he didn't really become famous till way later. No, what happened was for sure James Gunn watched Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer and went, oh my God, Michael Rooker is so fucking good at his job. Holy shit. I'm going to put him in every movie I'm involved in. And he did. <laughs> well, see, I bet he saw him from Walking Dead, though, and not Henry. No. James Gunn's like a film, like a he, sick freak film guy. Like, he's, he must have watched yeah, Henry. Yeah, but you're and telling Henry. me that he becomes big shit in Walking Dead, and then all of a sudden Gunn well, is like, 
I don't. When did Walking Dead come out? It would have because been because first season Walking Dead. So it is first season Walking Dead is 2010. Uh huh. And then he Guardians. Was, Guardians is like 20. It's it's around 2014. this time. He was in other Michael Rooker stuff. He was in Slither and stuff. Like he's he in Slither. In, You're absolutely you know what I mean? right. He's yeah. in James Gunn's. That's the other place I know him from. He's stuff. awesome in Slither. That's what I'm saying. Is I think James Gunn. You're right. He's like a I, cinephile freako. You know, like he's one I of those totally weirdos. forgot about Slither. He's definitely exactly. one of James Gunn's crew. Like, exactly. For sure. He shows right. it he, all the time. And um, then James Gunn made him super famous by making him Yondu. Bingo. That's yeah. exactly what it is. Yeah, he put exactly him back right. further on the map with Yondu. Speaking of the guns, Sean Gunn is yes. also in this movie, who you would know as one of the other Guardian people. Yeah, he was Kraglin, who got Yondu's mohawk in Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Um, yeah, and then, oh, he gets. <laughs> yeah. I haven't watched three yet. Uh, he's like a nobody. He was in like, the in promos. One, I haven't actually watched three either. But he works his way in... up the chain yes. in two. Like, um, so those two. I think that was the the main two that I was excited about was Michael Rooker and John C. McGinley. There's a bunch of other. So like, um, for other references for people, um, or at least uh, another horror connection I know is. The main guy in this is John Gallagher Jr., who I know from Aaron Sorkin's The Newsroom because oh I'm God. a fucking dork. <laughs> but I also know him as the uh, the killer in Hush. He's the oh. bad guy in the movie Hush. Yes. Interesting. He looks very different. <laughs> he looks like a nobody. He looks like a B-list like actor, and I'm like, I wouldn't hire you for anything. Well, not damn. that he did a bad job in I was this. That's say. not my point. <laughs> I'm just saying he doesn't. When you're in a movie with John C. McGinley and Michael Rooker, it's so tough like, to... you're not. <laughs> they they carry weight to them. You know, it's not because of their their film career. It's like that's what kind of what makes them so good. John C. McGinley just always like it's why they get con- booked both, all the time. Yeah, <laughs> both of them can control a room. I don't think there's any scenes that they're together because it would be too much, right? Like if they ever it's... had to talk to each other. Because their characters would immediately break out into a fist fight before, like, like there couldn't be a scene. It would just be them fighting immediately. <laughs> that problem would resolve itself immediately. Yes, exactly. Um, there's um, also uh, the other person people might recognize is Tony Goldwyn, who is he's from that Kerry Washington show. I think he was the president in that. Um, I want to say like Scandal or something. He's in like a bunch of shit. I could be completely. Yeah, he's in Scandal. He he's the he's he's in one of those Shondaland show. You know, it's he's just a guy people would recognize. Um, that was really it. Also, David Dasmalkian is in this for a little bit. Um, he's, Who's that? Uh, he is in. He was in the Suicide Squad. He's in. He's a big background actor in a lot of stuff. He was in Prisoners. He was in The Dark Knight. Um, he's going to be in that Shutter movie that I want to see. Called Late Night with the Devil. Oh yeah, that looks. He's awesome. gonna be. He's the main guy in that. Um, he's gonna be. He's the host of the show in that movie. Sick. So, um, couple of people to like just be on the lookout for, whenever you're like perusing movies. Anyway, that yeah. was that's my big thing. Now the the uh, warnings about this one. Mm, nothing really, right? Nothing really. It's pretty. There's standard no animals. In terms of, like, no weird. Like men stuff, no. Uh, I don't yeah, think yeah, there's any. Don't, I think we're above board. 
I think we're both off on this the one. top. I don't think there's any like racist, no, anything like that. No, no. It's, thankfully, it's like 2017, so yeah. hopefully, people are running clean by now. I mean, this is this is what I was gonna say is there's a lot of parallels you might have noticed, and there's a person we've been talking about in reference to other actors and like styles and stuff. And you might be thinking, oh, did he make this movie? James Gunn did in fact write this movie and produced it, but he did not direct it because while this was being made, he was too busy to direct because he was directing Guardians of the Galaxy. (laughs) So he literally couldn't do, he couldn't full-time direct this. Otherwise, this would have been a James Gunn joint. Which, I don't know if directing would have fixed this. I see. I'm a little. I'm. I'm fifty. We have 50 to, on that. We have but... to dig into the writing a little bit. Exactly. Um, the vibe of it. It. I mean, it's mayhem. If you see mayhem, but like the reason we keep comparing it to mayhem is because mayhem is a movie where there's a virus that makes everybody's inhibitions zero, so they all yeah. are very violent, and it's like Stephen Yun and Tamara Weaving having to fight their way up every floor of this <laughs> office building to get to the top to do whatever. Yes. So it's awesome, hyper-violent kind of situation. This one is... It is a company in Colombia. Correct. Uh, they just have a giant office building in Colombia in like the middle of nowhere with a bunch of really high-tech security. Everybody who works there is like mostly Americans. There's a few Colombian people, I think, but... Mm-hmm. They're all the Colombian people that work at the office are not let in that day. It's only like the expats that are allowed into the building that day. And at some point, it's just like the building gets locked down and there's a voice on the speakerphone. And it's it, the point is they have to kill each other to survive. Yes. The, the voice is like, every time you don't kill this many people, I'm going to kill twice that many people for you. Mm. And they'll have little things in the back of their brain that make it blow up. I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. <laughs> you're you're in the spoiler configuration. <laughs> well, that's part. It's the it's the setup of the movie. That's it's true. like at the that's beginning. True. Yeah. Uh, so the vibe is this like not. It is horror because like the yes, I would consider it a horror film because of like the level of violence and just how they do it. But it's don't it's not sitting there trying to scare you. There are no jump scares in this one. No, it is more of an action film. It's like. It is like mayhem in that it's like it its attitude is very much of an action film, but the level of violence is like horror violence, you know? Yeah, it's trying. Well, it is also I think it's like a more um, I think I w- the way I would say it is it's a more cynical mayhem because mayhem yeah. is like purely about surviving and getting past this and getting up to the top and winning and all that sort of, you know, like, it's, you know, surviving pulp, this sort of thing. You know. Exactly. This is more about, like, the horror, the thing it is trying to scare you with is, like, what if you were in this situation and what would you do and what would happen from those consequences? Yeah, because sort of like, the people are not infected by anything. There's nothing making no. them create. Like, they have to decide to hurt each other exactly. or deal with the situation some other way. Exactly. And the con- like, what it, what what costs from all of those decisions? Um, yes, and it would not, be uh, if it if we yeah. really just focused in on like a morality play, might potentially be much higher if it didn't eventually yes. just devolve into pure violence then, blah, blah, uh, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. then um, uh, i'd probably rate it higher but i will also say no penis in this movie not one lewis hanging dong bummer should you watch the movie first 
Eh, I don't. I don't. I don't think it matters. I don't think it matters. I agree. Let's get in there. Absolutely. Sitting on our mattress, doing a sensual thumb circle to open the spoiler configuration. Okay. It. There. How do I? I mean, it's just pretty much what I I said, right? (laughs) There's a loudspeaker. They're all office workers, so they're not. Well, everybody except that the uh, the main boss, Mm -hmm. Barry Norris, he is actually like a special ops, like ex killer. Yes, for some (laughs) reason. Everybody else is just like a normal office worker. Yeah, and they don't really like do shit. Um, (laughs) So. When everything activates, it the voice is like kill two people, or you have an hour to kill like two people or whatever. Yeah, Yeah. they don't do it because it starts off with like obviously we're not going to do that. Somebody Mm -hmm. they're trying to like figure out what's going on because they're like we assume somebody's playing a prank, maybe somebody hacked the system or whatever. The the what giant metal walls have come up and surrounded all the doors and windows of every floor of the building. Like, it is a truly, like, the building has locked itself down um, sort of thing. So they're trying to figure out any way out of that. Yeah, and uh, Michael Rooker and the other, the one other, like, maintenance man David tried to, like, in, yeah. weld it open. Doesn't work. Uh, yeah, David, he's he played um, the spot. In the, you said that in the Suicide Squad. Uh, Polka Dot Man, yes. Polka Dot Man. The spot. <laughs> that's, that's, that's listen, there's, his, I think there's that's also his equivalent a in Marvel. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, there's a villain in the spot. I feel like I'm seeing him everywhere now. He's great. He's in the... Uh, he, I, another probably mention for next week is going to be The Last Voyage of the Demeter because he's also in that. Um, and that just came onto streaming somewhere. I don't remember. I saw it, though. Anyway. I'm, I don't know what's happening. Renfield, <laughs> the last voyage of of the Demeter yes. or the Demeter? I have to assume it was I think, Demeter. I think it is is either one. I just said Demeter because I, that's how I said it. Like, because yeah. it's and, a god. It's a, it's a goddess or whatever. Anyway. Yeah, and uh, now I forget what it's called, but there is a movie about like robbers or something having to or kidnappers having to survive yeah. the night with Dracula's daughter. It's like yeah. The, the slogan. So three Dracula movies in two years. Not even vampire, specifically Dracula. Dracula. Did he and just become open source? Like what happened? He's oh, I think open, he's public, been public, public domain. domain. Like I think he's been public domain for quite a while. Actually. So why three um, now? I just had is that the, enough? Is that enough for a trend? It's because well, we're in a tough times, spot. Yes. When when there's a lot of a certain type of movie in horror, it's directly reflected of social times that we're in. And and true normal life well I, don't, I get the apocalypse movies and mm-hmm. like the the virus spreading move you know like those like it's not always they don't do viruses directly but they do stuff like that you know yes i don't know where dracula's coming from probably the rich sucking every bit of wealth from the common people into their own to keep themselves alive in some way robert bobby eggs know. robert eggers is doing a nosferatu remake so oh my god see stop yes what do we need <laughs> what? By the way, for anybody who doesn't know, Nosferatu is just Dracula, but they legally didn't have distinct the Dracula. rights to Dracula at that point. So, um, uh, a very cool movie about that, which features. I'm going on a tangent here, but uh, there's a very cool movie that is a fictionalized account of 
F.W. Murnau making the movie Nosferatu mm-hmm. called Shadow of the Vampire, which yeah. features Willem oh, yeah. Dafoe Beautiful. as Count Orlock, who is a real vampire in that and is agreeing to be in the movie for John Malkovich's F.W. Murnau. Um, Willem Dafoe is also going to be in Robert Eggers' Nosferatu, oh. but playing the Van Helsing equivalent instead of Count Orlock. Bill Skarsgård will be sense, playing yeah. Count Orlock. Of course. I mean, of course. come on. <laughs> I don't... I'm not... <laughs> I don't care, but I'm going to I'm gonna watch his Nosferatu, but I don't really care about Nosferatu. I think it's Yeah, fine. I just feel like everybody's like, oh, yeah, he's so... Uh, He's so good because he played Pennywise, you know? Like, he was covered in CGI. Like, <laughs> it's not that he... I mean, he does look kind of creepy, normal, but, like... I was going to say, you saw Barbarian. He's 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 a red herring creep in that the whole time. <laughs> he's good at being a creep, I That's guess. what I'm saying! And he's one of the Scars Guards. His brother Alex is all I know. I'm not, and I don't have a problem with him, and I think he's a, he's a great actor. I just... Sometimes when they're like, oh, yeah, this is our guy now, and we're just going to use him and for all like, these kinds of roles. When, when you typecast somebody like that, I'm like, look, a lot of people could be Count, the Count, yeah. right? Nosferatu, yeah. right? So let's let's chill. Bill Skarsgård's good. Let's he's gonna have saying his, he's the only one who could do it. Like, he has to do all of our creepy roles now? <laughs> no. I'm sure my man wants to be in a drama. I'm sure he wants to be in like a normal movie. Why would you want to do that when you can be in horror films for? I'm not. I, I would. I would be like, yeah, typecast me. <laughs> be, for I want to sure. be the creepy guy forever. I want to be the creepy guy forever. I get to be in all the cool movies. I'm just saying, you know, like we're gonna put people. you as the creepy guy when we get our happily be the creepy going. guy. Yeah. perfect. <laughs> um, Belko experiment. Yes. So the two they don't kill the two people. Four people die. We earlier in the movie found out that they do put trackers in everybody under mm-hmm. the guise of there's a lot of kidnappings in Colombia, so this allows them to very quickly find where you are if you get kidnapped. It's a GPS, a very, yeah, it's a GPS tracker, is what they can call I say. It. They have somebody there who is it's their first day working there. Yes, um, it's probably important, Danny. Mm-hmm. Uh, and during her first days, when they tell her, like, oh, yeah, you got to go down and uh, get this chip installed. They're like, that wasn't part of the contract to start work. Like, you weren't going to oh my God. tell me before my first day. Like, what? this is this is definitely <laughs> something that happens during the hiring process, right? That you should have to consent to this. But that's fine. I should know that going in. <laughs> like, I can be able to back out and say no. Danny's actually our, like, red herring final girl. Yes. Which is uh, very weird. It's very weird. She is. She's. It's her. She's the only one who is their first day that we know of. Yes. So she does get. That's how we get some of the intro information to how the company works, mm-hmm. which is mostly just as a normal office company, except they have these weird security things in place. And they're um, like a generic government contractor thing. Like they yeah. they purposely um like it is designed to kind of I guess make a point about what's really going on there that everything you hear about the actual company is vague. It's like saying, we do customer logistics to optimize performance. And you're like, what yeah. the fuck are you talking about, dude? So, and they they pay well. And they like... Yes. Keep, I mean, they move everybody they down to Columbia. Out, like, you, get a, you get a company car. You get a company apartment. Yeah, you get yeah. like... They, they show all of the perks that would incentivize someone to go to the middle of nowhere in fucking Colombia. 
But everybody who works there is like normal people who yeah. are normal, like office unhappy with their jobs, right? Hold on to Danny. Leave her side for now. We have uh, Mike Milch, Ugh. who Milch is Milk in German, by the way, if you don't yeah. know. His name is literally Mike Milk. Mike Milk. <laughs> uh, which I love. And it would be perfect in something like Mayhem, right? Where it's yes. a little bit more fun. Uh, and you, yeah, you're more poking at the obvious generic guy as, yeah, generic protagonist guy. Yeah, he's going to be a real main character. Yeah. So hold on to him. Barry Norris is the boss. Uh, Leandra Flores is Mike Milk's girlfriend. Yes. Uh, and also and it, works there in his his boss, I think. In some way. And is also the Other subject. Different departments, I don't know. Is also the subject of John C. McGinley's desires, who Wendell is Dukes. Wendell. Yes, Wendell Dukes. Uh, there is. Sean Gunn is just. Throughout the movie, he's just being like the paranoid, don't drink the water guy. Sean Gunn is the weed guy from Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. More yeah. or less. Yeah. Like, but he doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't uh, do anything in this, so you don't have to. Nope. You don't have to worry about him. There's one more I'm trying to figure out who So Terry or Yes, I th- the the monster man. I'll 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 get back to Oh. Him. They <laughs> after the four people's heads get exploded, <laughs> they're like, yeah. "Okay, this is for real." Barry Norris since he's the boss is like gathering everybody together so they can like discuss in a town hall style what to do. <laughs> and the voice is like, you're going to have... God, it's like... I forget what the second number is, you but have it's to kill, so much higher. You have to kill 30 people in two hours, or they will kill 60 people. Yeah. So, <laughs> he's trying... He's trying to, like, start the discussion in, of, like... immediately trying to get talks about how to kill people. And what I think happened. he's actually being kind of chill about it. I think he's being like, look, let's discuss all the options. Yes. This is is one of the options we need to discuss is killing the people. And it's the one that I want to discuss immediately and I don't want <laughs> I to do actually wanna... hear about other options. I just want to discuss who do we kill and why isn't it not me? <laughs> and Mike Milk is the the main the like is the first one to be like nope, fundamentally wrong. <laughs> I'm a I'm a parable character, and I have decided. I am a morally that, uh, moral absolute character. Like I, like, hey, moral compass here. Can't kill people, so just take that off the table. We don't need to talk about it. And uh, Bam, Barry Norris is like, like, we do need to talk about it, or sixty people are going to die. Um, but somebody else comes up with the idea of like making a banner and trying to mm-hmm. hang it over the side of the top of the building to get somebody's attention. Yeah. That doesn't work. Like they, they basically, like deny Barry Norris's time to talk about the other yeah. options. And like we're gonna go do this, and then if it doesn't work, we can keep talking. And he's like, if we, if it doesn't work, we don't have enough time to keep talking. <laughs> but they, they go to do the thing. It doesn't work because there are guards outside of the building yes. who immediately who- try to shoot anybody who's does anything that would be effective at getting them out. That's what I, what I do. The thing that I like about the movie even though it's like also part of a thing that I don't like in the movie is I love that basically whenever the narrator comes in or cause the voice, there's a, there's yeah, a voice yeah. on the, on the intercom 
um, you know, telling, you know, talking about everything and telling everybody to do stuff. Basically, whenever somebody does something good or smart, the voice will recognize it and basically be like, hey, stop that. Knock it off. Don't do that. Because it happens with Mike. Um, Mike very quickly realizes that yeah. the trackers are the bombs. And so he finds a box cutter and tries to cut open the back of his head and reach in and pull out the bomb. And the voice is like, Mike Milch, fucking drop the knife. Like, drop the yeah. knife right like, now. Do not. <laughs> Leandra keeps asking him, his, his, love, his girlfriend, uh, yeah. like, what he's doing. He doesn't even answer. He just, like, runs directly to the so, bathroom because he's like, business. I have to get this out before anybody knows what's going on. Yeah, and they which do is our, a very good move. Like... Yeah, and they're like, you have 10 seconds to stop before we just detonate it. And um, he is a baller that he <laughs> he he goes, sure. And he goes, thanks for the 10 seconds. And he's yeah. like, and like, he gets as close as he going can. Faster, he like, like, has to stop it too. But it's like, oh, you're so good at this. Like, <laughs> Yeah, he like, uh, right, he, he goes almost down to zero, he's really. And he like, in there. Yeah, he like, drops <laughs> it and he puts his hands up to like show he's not. He's, he's stopped, but I'm like, dude, you really risked. I would have stopped it, it like five tops, you know. <laughs> Probably once they were like, you have ten seconds. I'm like, okay, I'm not, get, yeah. I'm not gonna get it out in ten seconds. We all know I'm not getting it out in ten seconds. Exactly. <laughs> we know the story. We know it's. We know the score. <laughs> but yeah, I do really like that. It's not just we don't have to sit there and watch them be like, there's no options, you know. They yeah. do try anything that's reasonable, and anytime it would actually work, instead of coming up with a magic reason why it doesn't work the people putting them there are like you're right that would work we have we're just going to detonate you we've got you right like we still have this like the people who put up who start putting down the banners they get shot at and then the voice yes. is like now anybody who tries to keep putting down that banner will get exploded we'll get blown up. Yeah. <laughs> mike tries to do it anyways because he's a moral absolute <laughs> and so all of his friends have to pull him back like, no, no, no. because <laughs> it's like dude, they're gonna explode your head they don't yes. care about who you are they Precise. kind of do. It seems like they do. They give him way more chances than they give anybody I, else. I think it's because he try like they hear because they're listening to all the conversations and they're watching all the conversations. So I think they're just like interested in him. Like they're like, oh, cool. He does like these are his vibes and this is what he's trying to do. Let's let him cook a little bit. Like Let's this is fun to have in the experiment. Don't just Hold like, blast up, him away. Let him cook. Cause like. There's a point that we see it, but um, it eventually, because we're in the spoiler configuration, we get to the end. There is someone at the you know helm with all of the names on a big switchboard that can blam people's heads off specifically. Like you, you choose whose you choose head whose gets head blown gets, off. It's not yeah. um, you don't like just press a button and forty of them at random are yeah. picked and blow up. So you and, specifically sit there and. Ping Which is also kind of cool because it makes it for once make sense that all the no name characters get blasted yes. first, right? We're seeing the more interesting ones, and they want to keep watching the more interesting ones, so they blast everybody else's head. That's a structural problem that I don't like. That starts to bring in a little bit of a structural problem of how the experiment is enacted. Um, I think doesn't um doesn't give us as much of that character sort of like these like miniature arcs we're going to get with people. It doesn't do it as well because it goes so fast. It goes from four people. There's 80 people in the place. It goes from kill two people to kill 30 people. 
Yeah, that's, like, it's, that's such you a know big what I mean? jump. It's like, so there's not even like another. There's not like two people to like seven people to twenty people. You know what I mean? That would have yeah. I think would have been better just to give us more time to learn, like to make someone who was a no name character who survives the first round gets a little bit more. So that when they go in the second round, you're like, oh, fuck, I started to like that guy. Bam, bam, bam. And yeah. Because, like, right now we're still working towards what are we going to do about the 30 people? Yes. When the flag, when the banner doesn't work and they're trying other things, they notice that the Barry Norris, the boss, Wendell Mm -hmm. Dukes, John C. McGinley, and then I don't remember. Well, one of them is, is it Terry that is uh, Mike's friend? Yes, Terry's the reluctant one of the group. Yeah. <laughs> Terry, like, so when Barry Norris gets left by everybody, John C. McGillian's the first one who is like, you're right, I'm with you. We're going to start to, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's clearly, like, he's he has, like, the white office shirt, but you can see how strong he is underneath <laughs> that. So he's big. Barry Norris is an ex-special ops guy. Yeah. We have uh, Mike Milch's friend, Terry, who's at least tall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like a generically tall kind yeah, of athletic white guy. You can see that he's more meek about the whole thing. He's yes. like scared and he's like, maybe I think maybe this is the right chance. I don't know he what to do. Starts, Let me follow these strong men around. He starts to walk away with the rest of Mike's group, but takes too long. And Barry is like, Terry, where are you going? Why don't you stay with us? Like he he pressures him back into being in the kill group, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Terry's weak and sucks. Uh, and then it's the f- <laughs> the fourth guy that I'm looking for. He is a I don't know his name. He is, is a Keith? mountain of a man. Is it no? There's two Keith. of them. Oh, Keith McClure is played by Josh Brenner, who is Big Head from Silicon Valley, and I just love oh. him. He's not around for that long. He doesn't really do is anything. Is he the guy who gets his hand shot? <laughs> yeah, yeah. On the he roof. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like him. Yeah, he's just I, he's just there. He's having fun. He's just there. I just um, he's, he he makes me smile. There's a there's a guy that we barely I think see at the beginning. Who I think is it's Abraham Ben Ruby, who plays Chet Valancourt. Does that sound right? Maybe. All no, I, no, no. I, that's that's Guns' friend. That's Guns' friend. Damn I know there's two guys. We don't. We tr- I don't think we can get their names. Um, I got it. I found him. One of them is from the beginning with Dan- with Danny. He's in he's in her like pod of uh, cubicles who like smiles at her and uh, Danny's new friend is like, oh, he's cute, isn't he? That's one of the guys on the team with Barry Norris. And then there's just this big ham okay. hawk of a man in the in the <laughs> big gray movie. Beard. His name is Antonio Fowler. He's okay. he's played by Benjamin Byron Davis. That's He's just awesome. a barrel-chested, bearded a man. Big old Guess guy. who he plays? Red Dead Redemption Two, Dutch Vanderland. He plays it, fucking Dutch? Dutch in Red Dead Two. Yeah, and he also oh plays Agent God. Burley in Ant Man and the Wasp. In one, <laughs> Bledel Snort in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, and somebody in Borderlands. Holy so he's shit. clearly one of Guns's crew. That's awesome yeah but he's yeah like that's dutch vanderland that's so that's even funnier dutch so barry norris is like the actual like mind of the group right he's he's like the tactical one i do get the sensation that he wants 
to save people, but it is like in a cold, calculated special. He immediately, he immediately like not succumbs to the premise, but like you can tell he is comfortable with death as a thing on some level. I think that he he, because he immediately entertains the notion. Like he immediately is like. I'm not worried about thinking of a way to escape anymore. I am fully into, cool, we have to decide who, how this is going to be done. Because they go for the weapons. The, everybody goes to yeah. build the banners, and Mike and um, Leandra have to, like, go down for another reason. And they find and realize that the blowtorch is gone, and that it's now being used by John C. McGinley and Tony Goldwyn to break open the weapons locker that the security guard did not give him the keys to. Yeah. He was like, he even tried to be like, I'm your boss. And he he's tried like, to... cool, I quit. Then I think I should hold on to these keys. Like, I love that. Cause he tried the, Hey fellow guy, like, you know, we're yeah. both people, aren't we? Maybe I should get a hold of those to make sure that nobody has them. And he's like, fuck you, dude. Absolutely not. And then he pulls yeah, rank and he just quits. <laughs> Evan, the security guard played by James Earl. He for sure knows like, from the beginning, he's like, he's with it. He's like, I know it's super bad. If you get that key, I'm going to hold on to it. I don't want to be the only one with the gun. And it's yeah. not to intimidate people. It's just, it's like, <laughs> we don't need to add guns to this situation. Um, But Barry Norris does, I get the sensation that it's like, he does care about human lives, but in a very numbers way in like a he, war way you in know? the way of exact under he would like, he would go impression he would happily would go to war with another country to for presumed good right to say yeah to if if the thing was you can save a million people by killing a thousand people he would kill a thousand people he's like give me the button right now exactly no like problems. um he's that type of sort of vibe wendell dukes played by john c mcginley um yeah. <laughs> once he uh leandro refuses his advances again after mm-hmm. like this whole situation goes down and i love that they don't send him in the creepy direction at her she just calls yeah. him a creep or something and he gets very mad about it yes he clearly is very embarrassed that like what he thought was like cool guy coming after her was taken as like you're he, a creepo stop it you're yeah. a creepo yeah and so he doesn't continue creeping on her and he doesn't show any more like romantic feelings her way no he just becomes a real bastard man <laughs> and i find that incredibly way violent. more satisfying than having to worry about all those dicky things yes to like and i think that also works in the um it's the uh, hurt pride like exactly that is what fuels his willingness to continue um entertaining the notion of killing 30 of his co-workers like, yeah well it, it makes it feel like I realize that in these situations, people will get really, really awful, but it just yes. makes it an easier pill to swallow. Like, okay, he wouldn't have been a murderer under normal circumstances. He wouldn't Correct. have like been assaulting people or anything, but the way that he is now, because the situation is so intense, we are seeing like a real breakdown of society and his character feels like more believable and more dangerous because he's really just like, yep. Let's fucking do like Fine. I, yeah. he I have my like literal like moral get out of jail free card and I'm taking it. Exactly. And I'm gonna hurt as many people as it takes. Him and Dutch, um I'm just calling him Dutch now. Yeah, yeah he can be Dutch. He, him and Dutch are like the a bunch of people are talking in the kitchen or the mess, you know, like the, the cafeteria area, and him and Dutch storm in and pull open all of the drawers and find like 
the meat cleavers and the knives and the like the little the, the crab hammer you use like they're finding like every weapon they can and holding on to them immediately once the the first people get popped um <laughs> you can see he's like one of the first to like get yeah. into holding on to a weapon so that he can be in control of the violence being administered but he also wants permission to do the violence yes. right like he gets once he gets his moral jail, jail out of free card get out of jail free card he's by being under Barry Norris he feels like he's just following orders i think yes. and he like he plays perfect soldier right he always does what norris says mm-hmm. he's happy to be the first one in line to do the dirty work for him yeah but he wants that kind of structure i feel like dutch is ready to hurt people. Dutch like, has hurt someone before. <laughs> yeah, like Dutch is so huge. And it's like, what was your job here? Like, he he doesn't. He was get, our murderer. He was our he, killer guy. <laughs> he doesn't get a backstory like everybody else. No. It's after everybody turns evil. He's just a fourth member of the crew there. All he just <laughs> operates out of nowhere it to really, be scary and evil. I don't remember if he is introduced among the people. That, I don't. Like, I feel like we would have remembered such a big exactly. man hanging out. Like, <laughs> he just, uh, he's just an inside man for the people doing the experiment who comes in and goes, you should kill everybody. <laughs> it's them four. And like once they do manage to get the guns. Yes. And they're running out of time to kill these 30 people. So Norris is like, get everybody down to the lobby. Mm-hmm. And he's calm and nice about it pretty much. But his enforcers, and Are, he knows they're doing this. Like, <laughs> Pushing they come people in, and pointing they come guns, out, yeah. They come onto all the floors with guns. They're mostly, like, getting them rounded up. The only one that's a real, real dickhead about it is Dutch, who comes yes. in ready to, like, skull bash people if they don't immediately go with him. Exactly. Um, there is the other guy. I don't know the name, but there is the there is the fifth guy um, with fifth the longer guy. hair. There's, there's Barry Norris. There's Wendell Dukes. There's Terry. There's Dutch. And there's a fifth guy. I don't remember the fifth He was guy. the one he was the one that flirt briefly flirted with Danny during like before everything goes to shit. Uh is he's he the a, one he's that a lets blinking her go? you miss it guy. Like he's a blinking yeah. you miss it guy. But he lets her go, right? Exactly. That's what I, the the, so, the the reason that is important is yeah. he's ushering people away. She's hiding because she's honestly both great and terrible at hiding in this movie. She hides really well and then gives herself away by bonking into something um good point to good time to mention also that she sees uh michael rooker get get murdered by the other mechanic worker yes lonnie crane david Mm -hmm. that that's that's malkian that's malkian um i love that scene because it's before anything pops off and lonnie's just scared that people are gonna start killing each other and Michael Rooker is being very like, it's okay, man. Just don't yeah. freak out and we'll be fine. Um, but any little like movement he does, Lonnie's like freaking, you know, like Correct. thinking he's going to crack him. And then he's kind of, he's like, uh, the, what Uh-oh. did we figure out the way that you, there, he has <laughs> some sort of uh, cognitive functioning difference. Yes. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, it's not super noticeable at the beginning, but it's more so like when he starts to get kind of panicked. Definitely exacerbated by the stress of the situation. Yeah, so he's got something going on. And 
he gets scared by Rooker moving too fast or something, and he bashes him in the head with a wrench, I think? With a wrench that Michael Rooker gave him when they were preparing, because he was going, take this, we have each other's backs. Yeah. Like, he fully, he gives it to him in trust to, like, um, so that they can watch his back, and it ends up being his downfall. And Rooker's got that clean, bald head. So So you can so easily see the indentation that was made in his skull by the wrench. And those are always the ones that freak me out, dude, where it's like where you can see that there was like legitimate, like big time damage done to the brain. The not realizing you're bashed in thing because he does. He does a great job. Michael Rooker is actually surprisingly subdued in this performance. Like he's not like he exudes. He has like his aura and his, you know, persona. But, like, he's not, like, yelly and, you know, big showy in this. He's very, yeah, like, yeah. chilled out and subdued. And he has a great... His death scene is very good because it's that whole, like... He's doing a lot of, like, wait a minute. What just... What just happened? Like, he, he's... He's looking he's at him talking off, like he's and not he's like, in pain. Yeah, like... Well, he's, like, something's wrong. Yeah, exactly. And he's just, like, keeps repeating that all weird and, like, starts I sliding hate, down to the ground. I, I hate, because it's so good, that like trope of doing that for brain damage of like someone not registering it because of where it like hit in the brain shutting off whatever function would register like the pain of that or like whatever and it just being like i don't hold on a second this yeah the, let me go back let me go back and like blood like, yeah ex- yeah <laughs> god i also just think about the walking dead man yeah i'll i'll, I'll never be the same if you know you know <laughs> Now, we're mentioning it because Danny sees this and, like, manages to deal with with that. But Mm -hmm. she, ever since then, she's been running around in, like, the maintenance tunnels and shit, hiding behind boxes and staying out of things generally. And gets let go by the fifth member of this kill crew. uh, Ends up hiding in an elevator, like, above an elevator with somebody she met at the beginning. So they're just hiding up there. She's like, perfect. Just stay up there the whole time. (laughs) So Danny's still around, hiding in the background. We'll come back to her. Now, we get into where everybody's collected in the lobby. And Barry Norris finally starts enacting his plan, which is he starts, like, separating people. Uh, It's like he pulls everybody who is, like, super old and doesn't have any, like, children or anybody relying anybody on anybody with kids under 18 get moved off to one wall and anyone over 60 gets moved over to another one so you immediately know what's happening yeah and he's like he's how keeping and who he's getting how many is that and they're like seven. they're like seven <laughs> it's like it's like god damn it okay yeah. and he just starts walking through the cow- crowd and going you you yeah her, you, him, and you just can, culling them. Oh, yeah, he's saying him, her, because it's his enforcers dragging them off to exactly. the wall. Exactly, yeah. Uh, and this is the shit that I love, right? Like, mm-hmm. in my opinion, this whole thing should have been the climax, basically. We should have yes. had, like, a yes. longer ascend up to this point because this is very scary and powerful, right? Like, Correct, I agree. They're the only ones with the guns. It's very, like... They're maybe doing the right thing for, like, overall yeah. number of lives, but, like, yeah, but like, they're very clearly the villains in the situation. It yeah. would have also, like, I think that would have also been better 
having like like you said being the climax of having another round in between of this of like really where half where where you get kind of the payoff of because uh they do start killing people uh tony goldwin uh barry norris to his credit in quotes is like i will do it he he's like everyone gets a clip but he gets all of the other like clips from the gun uh because he's going to be shooting why do you get all the clips he's like because i have to do because i'm gonna do it um so he starts literally just back you know uh, faces to the wall people just sitting there and just shooting them in the back of the head it's over what, and over again. it's the only reason why i like that he's a special ops like ex special yes. forces guy because he does a, like the actor does a very good job of to me portraying like he doesn't want to do it correct but he feels it has to be done and he's and capable he is, of he's doing capable it. and it's not an issue for him he's not happy to do it but he's going to do it it and he just starts executing Person after person. Right? What what I like is the degradation of it. Is it starts off as essentially no problem, and then you can see it starting to weigh yeah. on him. The number like, of people he when start, he gets to like yeah. eleven, it's like oh my god! Like you can see he's just him having to like breathe a little more. Really hard. And, yeah. Like, uh, an awful part that happens is. I mean, he's pulled Mike into the crowd because Mike is the main one who's riling people up against him. So obviously he's going to go on the wall. Weird how Mike and Leander were (laughs) randomly picked out of the rest of the people to be called. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I think he was clear that it wasn't random. It's like exactly he was just picking. But But, they they do that moment. They don't even say. I think they say him to Mike. But like they do that moment where they just get to them on the wall and Mike is just staring at him like yeah, fucking motherfucker. Him. Uh. But one of remember one of the people in the kill squad is Terry, who is yes. Mike's friend, and Mike is trying to like whisper to him to get him to like just give me the just gun, do a quick give me the gun, and I can take care of it. Like and I, Terry's like crying, yes, like upset by what's happening. He's like really having a like a mental breakdown, and Mike is being like, "It's okay, man. I get it. I give forgive me the gun. You. Him going, I, for- I forgive you." Was like holy. I, I did like yeah. watching this. I was like, "Oh my god, he might give him a gun." Like. I thought he was going to give him the gun. That's yeah. what I love. Is like in any other movie, you would have given him the gun, right? Terry got set up completely to be because he's they're longtime friends. He's he like, I forgive you, like, yeah. and then he just backs up, and he's like, Michael Milch is trying to get me to give him the gun, sir. And it's just like the most <laughs> cowardly, like stay he out of it. Kind on of. him. He tattled on him he in while he had a gun him. to his head, like. It's- He's such a I mean, player. I was really trying to avoid going here, but like, it's just such a clear line to Nazis, right? Like, yes, like, specifically Nazis in World War II. Like, the amount yeah. of like, there were people who participate, like, who were full Nazis and participated out of fear for themselves, like, out of cowardly, yeah. just like, uh, I- I'm gonna tattle on everybody because I don't like people, even when I don't they weren't like directly subjective. Nazis, but yeah. were just like German citizens. We're just like, I'll tattle on everybody. I don't want to get killed. Like Exactly. I don't want to get picked out of the lineup, so I will yeah. I will pick someone out of the lineup for I would them rather so I be get the killer yes. than the killed. Um yeah. That was by the way, that was another uh, mention of mine because it's it is and isn't a horror movie. I did go see The Zone of Interest, Ooh. which is about uh the family of the commandant of Auschwitz. And it was very Ooh. it was fucked. It was it was good. Yeah. Um, it's that not sounds like, like it's a like, bummer. it's kind of a movie. It's like, it's kind of experimental. Um, it, it's good. I, I liked it. I, I don't, I don't have a rating for it, but it was good. But your point absolutely stands on like, 
what you're talking about, especially with Terry, to the point that Barry is so, like, in the yeah. zone of killing people that he goes... <laughs> I think he says, like, bully for you, now shoot him. Yeah, like, he says bully he doesn't, for you. <laughs> he doesn't, he he forces the onus back onto Terry of the responsibility of just shoot the guy then. Like, great, okay, kill him. Well, because, I mean, think about if you do agree with this decision to execute yeah. 30 people to save the other 30, right? He's just like, I don't give a, like, I'm not trying to be the villain here. I don't give yeah. a fuck that you're like on my side like good then execute him so right. I have one less per I'm in the middle exactly. of killing so a thousand people what? like <laughs> fuck you dude I don't want your like your wimpy tattling not, ass right now like I'm not I'm not here to coddle you yeah I'm yeah. not trying to take this um even yeah even though I'm whatever I'm not trying to take this burden from you good kill him then what like <laughs> and <laughs> yeah and Terry's like oh fuck, fuck. <laughs> at that time I forget who manages Danny. to uh Danny sneaking. She's not in the, the elevator back. yet. She's um, she's still underground, and she gets to the fuse box and turns it all off. Turns off the power, and I mean, yeah. like that's that scene is just so cool. Where it's like the yes. the people on their knees facing the wall, and Barry Norris executing them one by one, and it's like John C. McGinley counting, like yeah, counting off everybody one by one. With, like, no expression on his face, too, which is, like, he doesn't oh, give a God. shit. He's... Yeah. And so if we had led up to that, it would have been very, like, it was already very powerful at that point in the movie. But could have been really, like, the Exactly. Could have really done piece, some more. You know? yeah. uh, the lights go off. Everybody takes that chance to scatter and go crazy. <laughs> uh, Norris, I, all the Kill Squad, I think, just starts shooting everybody. Everybody they can see. To the yeah. point that... Um, it happens a little point... bit later. Oh, that, that does happen that, later. Okay. That nor like when they're running around shooting everybody, and uh, John C. McGinley's still counting. Norris is like, "Stop counting! Just get everybody you can. Ex- get as many as you can." It was like, "Oh God, stop!" It <laughs> makes sense because you don't want to miscount, and then. But then it's not. But then it's not about saving lives because if you're it saying is about saving your you own can, life it's about yeah. saving your own life exactly well i think at that point norris is just like so obsessed with it like now that it's it's the gambler's fallacy right like you, if you've killed that many people some caught yeah <laughs> you can't come up one short right you'll go over Which... to make sure that you get that you didn't waste that time that, exactly right? like you, didn't you didn't waste that you didn't hurt yourself that badly for nothing. For no reason. So it is now we're in full chaos mode. Everybody's running around the whole building. They're walking around executing as many people as they can. And we get to the point where the speaker comes on and it's like, you killed 29 people. 29 out of 30. So 60 have to die. And I'm like, come on. Like I think they were right about to kill the last person too. So, well, no, the moment we have, which is a good moment, is it's at 29 and they go... The, the honestly the the voice is kind of fair with this he goes you killed 29 out of 30 people you now have two minutes to kill one more that's person. right that's right he basically gives a little bit of ot to um like he points it out to say like if you get one more kill you save them and yeah. the situation is leandra has the um the paper cutter she's ripped yeah. that off the machine and has Terry 
down and out, like ready for the kill. And she being, she's been teetering, which is what I liked. Um, yeah, Mike she was with like, the kill squad for a little bit. Mike has been morally absolute and she's been like, dude, be realistic about this. Like, what are you talking about? At a certain point, we're going to have to like, even if I agree with you of like, we shouldn't do like kill the people the way they are. We should at least like get those guys. Like she's trying to be like, you're going to have to kill somebody. Yeah. Which is, which is very funny because she gets to that point where she has to kill somebody and she can't do it. She is too good of a person to. I, it's, and I get the feeling less of that. It's like, she can't do it. And more of like, when actually faced with the decision, she just yeah. wanted to talk about it, you know? And exactly, when it, yes. when it actually comes up, she's like, you know what? Now looking into myself and thinking about it, Mike is right. Exactly, yeah. And I was like, look, maybe Mike was right at the beginning, but right now you can probably, he was one of the guys that was killing her. Like, I would have done it. I would have been like, I'm so sorry, my man. I do have to, you have to understand. No, life is not worth 30. It's truly, it's knowing that there's 29 out of 30. Like, but the reality of it is, I mean, it's it's a weird it, it's a thing I do like about this um, the moral quandary because yeah, like, another very cool part up until this yeah. I'm we're cruising for Mister Cool. Yeah, exactly. Um, we it's in, yeah. Um, we get that of saying like, if you don't do this, I'm gonna kill all of these people. Is like from a moral perspective, it's like no, the guy who's gonna kill all the people is responsible for all these deaths but the practical reality of if i can kill one person i save 10 people then it feels it's a it's an interesting yeah. transference of responsibility onto you instead of the guy who is threatening to kill everybody like it's like i think if you care about who's responsible for it that's selfish right like I'll yeah. take on the responsibility if I'm saving more people. I don't know if I would do the, the but you kill, have to kill 30. People. No, but you have to. And I'll, and I'll to accept do. it. Yeah, exactly. I, I, you know, if it was for like when you make it super easy, right? Like kill one person, save a thousand people. That's and yeah. I'll yes. take the responsibility on. Yes, I would not have. I don't, I'm not saying I would have been responsible for those thousand if I didn't do it. But that doesn't matter to me. Right. Like, exactly. Yeah. I will. Oh, like, I'm not saying I'm also not saying the that that's true. I'm mm. saying I think people put that yes when in that situation they get that weight onto themselves, and I think that's like nor it's interesting that Norris is the leader and the of the of the mm-hmm. killers and the only one who I think like actually takes the moral quandary seriously, yes, and so I think he does look at Milch as like, "Fuck you, dude." You, yeah, like, fuck you for being yeah, on the high horse. Super like, easy <laughs> for you to come out as the good guy and let all these people die, right? Like, <laughs> I imagine like that's the narrative that he's going through. Exactly, that is exactly the narrative he's going with. Um, but yeah, that all changes after the sixty people get killed. Yes, because then there's not that many people left, and then the voice is like, only one of you is going to survive and get to walk out of here, and it's whoever has the highest kill count, <laughs> which throws. All of the moral quandaries aside, right? Exactly. The wrong final stage to have. I mean, it's right for action. And like Exactly. It's a, like to uh, the reason this isn't higher is not from the like the stuff we see on camera, if this makes sense. Like 
it is all engaging to watch. It's all easy to watch and engaging yeah. to watch. All the stuff with like Dan, I think, which which is interesting from like an editing perspective versus a writing perspective. All the stuff with Danny is actually very good in that it helps break up. Like it feels like we're following multiple storylines mm-hmm. that are all converging at these different moments. Um, so it feels very like the action is moving forward um, all the time. Because we're st- like we're st- sticking to the main plot too. There's some side stories that are happening. Exactly. Like, like uh, Sean Gunn is mostly is to the side of this. The one that yeah. I'm thinking of. Yeah. Um, uh, but but they're when- there to keep it going. Like you know what I mean? It's there to just not be stuck inside the lobby with everybody yelling at each other for 90 minutes. Yeah. But once we we move to yeah. you as a single person have to get the most kills, all there's no longer this moral philosophy aspect to Correct. it. Correct. It is just mayhem. Kill yeah. most people possible. It It is awesome to see the most like mayhem at that point. Yes. Like <laughs> it is cool to see Wendell Dukes be like, "Oh, no more boss, and I let him get way ahead of me. And now I have to kill. <laughs> so he starts going bananas all over everybody. He just hatchets like four people to death like immediately. It's so fucked. Yeah. Uh, Dutch would be very scary during this part if he hadn't happened to be like with a giant group of people <laughs> that he was trying to kill that all then turn on him and like that crowd was... kill him, which is awesome. Well, that actually happens. It happens during, like, like the... right before no it happens right before because yeah. what happens is yeah i don't think he makes it to the last day um it, it's because when they do the kill count they do they tell the scores of who has mm-hmm. kills and they're like barry norris 11 wendell dukes 7 vince agostino 1 who vince agostino is the guy who initially attacks dutch while and then the group that's right that's death, right yeah which was very satisfying by the way you don't even you barely see any of it. It's mostly just people crowding around him. But, like, the satisfaction of one of the fucking shitters with the gun finally getting killed in this scenario is, like, so fucking satisfying. Like, if you they put ever... the right sounds in there, too, that are, like, yeah. the crunch is great on that. One of, like, probably the most satisfying capture in true crime history. So, like, real history. Yeah. The Nightcrawler. In California. Yeah. Uh, Richard Ramirez? Yeah. Richard Ramirez, yeah. like the Nightcrawler. Uh, he had like, le- he had become the boogeyman of the whole area. Like mm. he's town for a little bit. When he comes back, he doesn't realize that they finally have figured out who he is and have put his picture out everywhere. So the whole <gasps> city knows who he is and he doesn't know oh. it yet. And he's just walking around and somebody notices that it's him and then he starts getting chased, and more and more people join the chase until Holy he gets shit. chased down in the street by civilians who, like, manage to citizens arrest him, basically, Holy until the shit. cops get there and, like, beat the shit out of him. So he, like, full, like, by That's... the people gets captured, <laughs> which That's is, like, awesome. <laughs> so awesome because he is, like, one of the worst of the worst. Yeah, He's... fuck him. Good. Yeah. I'm glad they fucking... <laughs> uh, so yeah, always satisfying to watch the people gang up on somebody who's been being yes. a real get bastard, justice you know? from the person who's a piece of shit to them. Uh, so we we know we have like the main people, but yeah, in in play right now are are Mike, Wendell, uh, Barry, Norris, exactly. Uh, Leandra um, gets killed. 
it's you know yeah leandra gets injured in part of the shootout and like they have a little moment before she goes it's it's kind of flat it felt bad like yeah it was Uh, whatever wendell dukes goes down as well Mm -hmm. i don't remember exactly how uh Danny, who had been hiding on top of the elevator. Oh, she, uh, Leandra kills him with an axe to the face. That's right. She's the one that gets him. Yeah. Cause, oh, he has, cause it's, he has the great line. He comes in and she has like the drop on him and they're talking and then sort of thing. But while she has the drop on him and they're holding the gun to him, he's talking and he's like, he says something and, and she, she says something to him and he's like, listen, I don't know how many Barry has now. Like he's he's counting. He's going. Yeah. I don't know how far ahead Barry is still, so I've just gotta keep killing people because yeah. I have to make sure that I have the most kill count. And you're like, dude, you are so oh god, I don't he's like lost this his at damn all. mind. Yeah. like, why would anybody care if you get to live by killing <laughs> yeah, <more> people? Exactly. <laughs> he's, um, yeah, exactly. She like acts so him in the face, which is very that. satisfying as well. Yeah. Now Danny, who'd been hiding on top of the elevator, uh manages to barely avoid getting caught. Uh, her friend up there gets mushed against the Squid. top. Like she's having a whole adventure, you know. But exactly. Eventually, she jumps down into the elevator. We see that Barry and Mike are about to go into their final conflict after everybody else is dead. <laughs> it's just the three of them. And then, and we're like, okay, I see everything, right? Mike goes down. <laughs> Danny's the final girl. She gets into the elevator for some insane reason and rides it down. Like hits the rides point. into the first floor. Never. Why? In an emergency, never take the elevator. So, like, yes. Barry Norris is literally walking on his way to his final confrontation with Mike Milch. <laughs> and as he's walking by the elevator, ding. it goes ding, and it opens up to her. Just, and he just immediately turns and shoots her right in the head, and she dies. And he keeps walking like it's nothing. It, which Because it was nothing. Because it, it was Because to him, it's nothing. To us, crazy surprising. Cool. It is cool to get hit with an unexpected thing. But, but I'm like, also like, you wasted my time. Like, I didn't... Like, this was not... What did she do that was of she any... Turn the power significant, off. Like, yeah. This, anybody this could have done what that. I'm saying about it. As yeah, a character, like, exactly. like, you can't tease me that hard with somebody and then give me nothing. Right? Exactly. She didn't learn she anything from this experience. There's no yeah. reason why she it was her first day. Like, it just... That's the thing. That like, we're not work. even... Like, you surprised me by doing such bad narrative in the middle of what was better narrative. <laughs> by, right? doing, by doing this weird thing in the middle of a good thing. Like, yeah. yeah, we're not even learning, like... We're not, like, even starting to learn new information about the people who are doing this or, like, catching glimpses of other stuff going on or, like, doing something. It's a lot of her just hiding and walking around and then getting killed. And it's not even and like a moment of drama. Like the door opens and exactly. she doesn't get to react. He immediately yeah. blasts her in the head. Bing! Which and it's just makes nothing. it clear to us as the audience that you were just trying to surprise us with that. And you got yeah. me. But for it's like a, it's like, it's the uh, the narrative version of a jump scare, you know? It's like this is cheap <laughs> and not worth it, right? Like, scare me for real if you're going to do exactly. this Exactly. Because the movie has... I think it was on some level, like, that was kind, it was supposed to be kind of funny to be like, oh... Wait a minute. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that is that is James Gunn's sense of humor. Because, well, because, like, the movie has... What's interesting is I think there is a clash between the writing sometimes and the directing choices. Mm. Where, 
there's like there are visual gags in this which are i'm assuming you know right. at some level have to be written as well of like uh john c mcginley hacking up two people in the bathroom stall and then it the door closing saying please with the sign saying please clean keep the bathroom clean for other yeah. users yeah, like yeah, yeah. that's fun that should be a funny joke but it, it comes off as like it's not come off humor. It comes off as like a snicker rather than a laugh or like a sneer rather than a smile. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it it's has just kind of it's like just kind of dark vibe really. Yeah, like it's not. Funny. It would because it would have worked perfect in mayhem. Exactly. Where life is treated less valuable. <laughs> Is life is less valuable than it is Correct. in this movie, right? Where we are like numbers are critically important. There is a serious things are going on in that, but you are allowed to laugh. Mm-hmm. Like the movie wants you to go know that it is okay when something is funny to laugh at it. This seems to just have dark jokes in an otherwise played straight movie. So like the dichotomy of it doesn't really come across uh like that doesn't work it doesn't make it funny when you look at it like when it comes up you don't yeah. go ha! Well, and then go oh my god i'm so you know sick for laughing you go oh that's a joke that's supposed to be there that's weird it's like mayhem <laughs> they have their, they set up good and evil characters and then they're like and now there's this virus so you yeah. don't have to feel bad about doing anything our exactly. characters are morally free to do whatever they want because they literally can't control themselves. So the fact can, that they're at least doing it for good makes them extra good, if yes. anything. And it can be funny. It can be funny and ironic when someone who's, you know, a big fan of golf gets killed by someone swinging a golf ball at their yeah. head. Or well, they like, turn you know, the pulp you know I mean? like, camp up to 11. So it is just exactly. like, oh, yeah, we're just we're just having a good old time here. Like everybody's having a fantastic mm-hmm. time, you know? This doesn't give you that space at all, which I think no. it feels like it's trying to be two movies at the same time with that. Yeah. Like, which I'm like, do do the first two segments where we have moral quandaries, or do the third where it is just kill, kill, kill. Yeah, exactly. It's it it has to be one or the other. Either can work, but the the shift partway through is just like, well, now this is really boring because you were doing something way more interesting before. <laughs> uh, whereas I would have loved it if you had started this way from the beginning. Exactly. Get so Out get, kind of suffers that as well, actually, I'm just realizing. Get Out get, has a big third act, but it's better because you get the catharsis now, of I've always, the villains being, yeah. like I have always been a hater of the Get Out third act. After mm-hmm. a few rewatches, it gets better by because it's yes. the third act is not a third of the runtime. It Correct. sticks in my memory so much, but it is actually a very short Ten time minutes. right at the <laughs> end, which does make it go down easier. But I agree. I don't like... When you do something so good for the first portion of a film and the climax is like more just like action and yeah. you can keep that through line going all the way through it. Um, that does it. I, I struggle because I'm like, we were we just almost had we were riding so high for yeah. so long. And then, yeah, not that this one's like any get out. But no, like, we're talking about on Mr. Cool levels through this one. Right? Yeah. Like we were riding hard for Mr. Cool. Uh, we get. Mike Milch and Barry Norris and the part where I complained about him being an ex secret forces special ops, whatever, because they go hand to hand combat yeah. and Mike Milch wins. And I'm yes. like, there is no world. Barry Norris is literally bigger than him and he's been trained to kill people. Like to kill people, yeah. He kills people with his bare hands so good. There's scenes where he just like does the neck he twist twists all the way around. Right? 180 like, degrees. <laughs> 
He twisted, he twisted a, a, a woman's neck around 180 degrees like it was nothing. It but was then all of a sudden he has to roll around on the ground with Mike Milch, dude? <laughs> with fucking Mike Milk? Are you out of your mind? No way. No way, I say. So Mike wins, he uh, kills him. Mike finally, that's the one kill he does. Yeah, and no Mike matter because he's the, literally the only one left in the building. Correct. Everyone else got murdered. He gets to leave... Um, I'll come back for something, but yep, I just realized. He gets, it as yeah, well. he gets he gets to leave, uh, and they take him to the little like mysterious hangar that they've had Nearby. next to the building the whole yeah. time. It's like in the same plot of land, uh, where they're like, we're the evil government villains, and we're the ones running the experiment, <laughs> and we do this all the time because we're psychologists, and it like it's lets us have lots of social experiment yeah. data. <laughs> and I'm like, that's stupid. <laughs> Social scientists should be able to do experiments without parameter, you know, like uh, without restrictions, sort of thing. Yeah, it's like I'm sure he figured out a bunch of. St- that's another like Nazi parallel, by the way. Yes, where they're like, we found out a bunch of stuff about how long you can survive in hypothermia and things like that. Not Bye. worth it, <laughs> yeah. except at least those were like actual physical, like physiological things we're learning about the human body. Yeah, granted. Don't like ever make those into something that they're not because the Nazis were actually complete sickos. Even in those experiments they were doing, you can tell by like their very poor note keeping and like poor experimental method structure. It was an excuse to. It was a complete excuse. Like the the data that we got from it is very dirty and like not super usable. Correct. Uh, minus a few. Not not the data from that. Some of the scientists were actually very smart and did get because of Operation Paperclip we did yeah, there's them a, a bunch into shouts out shouts out Werner von Braun who fucking you know helped with the space program yeah, uh, so, because oops. he made a bunch of missiles to bomb London and Paris and evil America yeah. but the torturing of people that one I don't know yes. I, I don't know of any I don't think there's any anything stuff. that came out of that that was actually helpful it is very poor sense. science done uh but this is the same thing they're they're doing, and they're saying no, it's good science. And we're allowed to do it. I'm like, what did you do? What did you figure out? What did you figure out about people that is so good for like? It's what I. It's what like another thing that I like about it um, is Mike is just going. Why did you do this? What are you talking about? <laughs> and he he says the first bullshit line of like we should experiment, and he's like, but why? Like, what is this for? And he's like. We're not here to answer your questions, dude. Shut the You're fuck here up. To answer and ours. Take my survey. How do you feel? It's like, <laughs> yeah, when, what world exactly. is this survey at all like like usable? <laughs> Accurate, you know? usable. I love. He goes. What emotion would accurately describe the way you are feeling now? And it's a Sad. multiple choice question. <laughs> I feel like he points them out. He doesn't give him the opportunity to say it. He just goes sad, confused, <laughs> which would be kind of super fun and hilarious if this had only been an action movie the whole way through right yes if it's the the philosophy situation of the first two acts then i kind of love just you don't find out you know like just anything like i would just love him i would honestly because we'll we'll get to like the the final final part of this movie i would have just loved if it was like you know we have the second round added in there and you know getting the climax being uh the 30 people having to get killed mm-hmm. in the lobby and the, I, I would say like some form of the lights having to go out a struggle. And that's where Mike and Barry face off and 
Mike somehow gets the better of him and has to kill him. And that's like his one kill. I would have just loved, unironically, if they had just let him out. Like, no one is, like, the guards outside were gone completely. Like, it was truly, like, a weird experiment of, like, there's no reason for this. It's just... To have everybody but Mike die and then for him to find out, like, oh, if you had just executed the 30 people... You'd be walking out with thirty people, yeah, you know? something like that. Like, yeah, to have it actually matter because it, because Mike, yes, I think Mike thing. is one of the people that does correctly figure out. Like, the reason he doesn't even entertain the moral quandary is because he's like, they're just gonna make us kill more after. Yeah, that. what are they gonna let like, us there's out? No after guarantee this? that they're gonna let us out after we kill those first. 30, yeah, right. They just want to see what we do, so let's not play their game. Correct. Which yeah. that again also kind of like really disrupts the ability to. To like, let's play this moral game, which I really Correct. like investigating this moral situation. Mm-hmm. But that that timeline long gone. We're Correct. in action mode now. <laughs> He's here, and something we didn't tell you that actually was important that uh, Sean Gunn was had foretold. Been doing. Like we're yes, we were we, just we skipped on it. Yeah. But when we said that Sean Gunn was doing his own stuff, one of the things that he had been doing with his <laughs> friend was going around, and all of the people who died without their heads exploding. He was cutting out the little tractor thing, the little tractor thing that looks like a little little metal bead Mm -hmm. and just collecting them all so that he has a bunch of bombs so that he can try to blow the door open. Yes. And when Mike finds out about this, he does take it from them and they die. And so (laughs) they don't mention it again until (laughs) later. But when he's giving his final monologue to this government agent guy, we see the flashback of as the soldiers are taking him in he's very slight of handing all of these little marbles into everybody's like pockets and things it's great because they like go they they go like you you, we saw the scenes of him like collapsing in exhaustion yeah on the soldiers when he did the things and we go in and it's like they show the scene again and then they like go to a close-up of like a hand dropping the bead into like a pocket and you're like this feels I'm like, that's silly. fucking like, silly and stupid, but I love it. <laughs> it was good. It was actually I, good, like, of, of a plot device, because I was like, oh, my God, they are in there. Holy shit. Like, I, well, uh, I, remembering about them, but it yeah, was very, I do, just the, the, the cinematography of kind of, like, zooming in and filming, like, oop, secretly this. <laughs> I knew the soldiers, as soon as the soldiers were taking him out of the building, I knew he was going, this, the plan was to them. detonate the bombs on them, but I thought... That it was he had kept them all in his pocket, and then he was going to just blow himself up with everybody. Get everybody together, yeah. But he had actually split them all up amongst everybody, like literally everyone. And you can see the panel where it's the flip switch for everybody, including himself. So it's like, oh, you to detonate these bombs, you literally just have to go switch all these switches on except for your own. Except which is in your own head. Um and he monologues this to them, tells them he's going to do it, and then goes, yeah, and he starts and running run. for it. And everybody's like, wait, what's happened? They don't, like, have him tied down or grab him or anything. And the main guy's like, no. And shoot him. Then he manages to go across the room completely surrounded by people and start flipping all the switches and it blows up and every Like, they're not well, huge bombs, so it's like blowing up. Just like a chunk of flesh on everybody. Yeah. So, like, they're Which not Which I liked that effect. I thought that yeah. actually looked great on them. It's better um, than, than just the giant explosion. It was very funny. He slams all of them, doesn't, like, hit his own. And then, like, 
two of the guards aren't dead because they didn't have any, um, like he couldn't get to them with bombs. So he just takes the M16 <laughs> of one of the guys and just starts blowing dudes away. And you're like, damn, Mike got really good with a rifle really fast. That's very yeah. interesting. I'm like, I, I know enough about guns to know I can't just pick up an automatic rifle and start pulling the trigger and everything will turn out fine for me. You know? Exactly. Like um, the blowback, safety trick, <laughs> like like you know the safety. The so much about it. Aiming would, it like. would have been would have been pulling it up. Click. Oh shit! The safety. The safety. I'm dead. Like uh, then like shoot like oh this broke my arms. They don't know how to hold it <laughs> my right. Shoulder like, fell. But yeah, exactly. Um, he does kill the voice as well in a very uh and again again a thing that's kind of bullshit because of the action sequence we just did of uh the the guy who was the voice sitting there going wait uh mike i this isn't you you we saw you you value human life and he just like empties the entire magazine into the guy yeah which i didn't realize when watching this movie or until now that i like looked up looked him up but he's played by greg henry who is the mayor in slither so another part of the gun oh it is Oh my god. Jack okay. McCready. Yeah. That makes He's so also much Grandpa sense. Quill in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Based. 3 and Guardian <laughs> the first Guardians of the Galaxy. Hell yeah. Um Bill Hope and, but yeah, in Channel like Zero. The... Nice. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, we get that weird like again, another scene that isn't quite funny and isn't like would have worked in another could have worked in another way in the serious philosophical version of this movie you know what i mean like mm -hmm. another scene that's like no this doesn't work this way because he's already he's already absorbed barry's skills as a special forces right. and has killed five By defeating him in, in combat this, in the span of one second and like now you're playing to his moral his morality right now after you broke him perfect like what the fuck is this I well i get understand. him trying to save his own life by playing on his morality like that's yeah. classic i know? guess that's like just movie making why you know what i mean like yeah. that's it doesn't now, do anything for me i guess it's just satisfying to watch him kill the guy which some, sure something that i i don't know how to make it work but in the serious one could have been like so killer is uh when he walks out of the uh the hangar yeah and he's just like looking out he's doing like the the final scene like I, I just, I'm the only survivor. I'm so tired. I've, I'm traumatized. <laughs> I'm so tired. You know, it's, he's like the, the traumatized face, right? Yes. Uh, and it zooms out and turns into a screen looking at him. And you see all the other screens of the experiments going on. And it's just a bunch of, every screen is another single person. Yeah. With like mayhem in the background and them covered in blood, just looking traumatized out at whatever. Mm -hmm. Um. Showing that, yes, they run this experiment all the time. It also says, they also have the uh, uh, an announcer voice saying, end of phase one, beginning phase two. Implying yeah. that they're going to do more of this. Most yeah. likely with all of something. the winners of the yeah, I would experiments. Imagine. Which I'm like, make it full action and do all the winners. That's fine. I'm listening. Yeah. You know, I'm listening. Uh, but yeah, because yeah, there's again, no moral quandary at that point. You're just dude, fuck it. Who cares? Like, <laughs> it's one of those rare cases where I we talked about the whole movie. 
I remember all these things I really like about it, and I'm still just on that smiley face. It's just like that that big shift is too much for me to get it up to uh extra cool. It's really that is a big part of it of keeping these elements that it seems like there was a clash between right like or or a misunderstand I think miscommunication would be the best way to put it between director and writer on this of like understanding are we trying to be darkly humorous with this or are we trying to like play this straight and watch the drama of this unfold and the horror that can come from it and they 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 want to have their cake and eat it too and so it it becomes a less entertaining experience overall even though it's a good movie like i you know what i mean like especially like it's pretty it wasn't a waste of a watch like Like, i watched and i went okay yeah you could tell it's pretty low budget but i feel like they stretched it oh for sure they did they did a really good job with their budget Um, yeah no there's there's no like lack of quality in the filmmaking here correct that's not like what they made it for five million and it made 11.1 million at the box office there you go I hadn't even heard of it. I just came across it on Tubi and then it was like, whoa, yeah. all these people are in it. I I had heard of it when looking up Mayhem stuff. Like when I was into mm. first seeing Mayhem, I looked it up and it was like, it came up under like similar movies or similar stuff with it. Um, but I'd never seen it. So yeah. Wait, is this a Lego trailer for it? Excuse me? I believe IMDb, oh, on IMDb. <laughs> IMDb, one of the videos is a Lego trailer for it. Hell yeah. So maybe check that out instead. That's super absurd. I hope that's <laughs> as good as it fucking portends to be. Um, yeah, okay. it, it's, that's, the weird, that's the weird thing about this type of movie is like, I would, I honestly, I think if James Gunn had directed this, right. I think we would have been able to see the dark i think the darkly comedic version would have come out of this is my yeah. guess no shade to you um, greg mclean maybe no, if you wrote you it it would have been better too you know exactly maybe if you'd wrote it it would have been a more tense put together morality drama sort of thing yeah i don't know who is putting what in but there's two I things would, fighting it, that's the thing is and, and that's like the point of like you know we only give this a smiley face but like i would give greg mclean like if he was directing a movie and I saw the trailer for it, I would give it a watch. Like I, I would, even, would, I, would you know I, mean, I mean, I would even watch this again. Like it's not boring. Exactly. Movie. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Cool. Then next week, we're still here. We're going yes. to do when where evil lurks. When is it called? When evil lurks. Okay. Streaming on Shutter. Correct. Twenty twenty three. Something like. We'll tell you next. Find out next week. (laughs) It's around there. (laughs) Uh, I want to thank Eyes of Astoria for a wonderful theme song, Dead Walk. You can catch John from Eyes of Astoria or various other guests by going to thebloodystream.com and clicking on pod people. Absolutely. Uh, You can find us on social medias at bloodystreampod. And we will talk to you. Same bloody time. Same bloody channel.